In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. How much fun is this? Texans are in the playoffs. We're getting ready for a big game against the Cleveland Browns this Saturday. Drew here. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day or night to listen to this. Okay, here's what we got on the show today. I'm going to go back and forth with John Harris. We have a What If I Told You. We also have our Cream of the Crop Award winners to be. So who's going to be the guy that shines on Saturday against the Browns? We got our choices. And We're going to wrap things up. And then we're going to seed things over to Jerry Hughes. The defensive end got wacky with me last week. This is a timeless interview. Can kind of go up now. Can go up really anytime. But fun stuff with Jerry. He answered a few questions. Just got wacky. Then we talk with our good pal Max Loeb. He hosts the Dog Check podcast. It's all about the Browns. He does so with Eric Metcalf, a former Cleveland Brown a former Longhorn, one of the most electric players I've ever watched in my life. So Max had some good stuff to talk about with this Browns matchup. We did it again after doing it about three weeks ago before the Christmas Eve day game, but a lot's changed since then for both teams, as Max will point out. But we always got to remind you, please, please, please take some time to subscribe to this podcast. If you're listening on iTunes and you've got an iPhone, well, look at your phone right now if you're not subscribed. Scroll all the way to the top. See those three dots at the upper right-hand corner? Just to the left of it, there should be an arrow pointing down. Click on that. Then click subscribe or follow, and uh, you'll get this in your inbox. Not in your inbox, but you'll get this uh, notification every time we're ready to rock and we have a new one on Wednesdays. So let's get rocking, let's get rolling, and let's talk with John Harris. Yeah, it is time. John, you know what we're not doing right now? We're not interviewing our counterparts from other cities saying, Hey, what can you tell me about Evero (laughs) Ajiro? Hey, what makes, (laughs) what makes, uh, Jonathan Gannon, a leader of men? Hey, why would Heinz Ward be a good head coaching choice? Even though he's never been a head coach at any level, um, here for the Houston Texans. How sweet is that? And I don't mean to like, cause we everything else has been covered about how phenomenal this season has been, how thrilling this last weekend was. And I say weekend because Sunday was pretty damned fun too. Yep. You know, in that delirium of staying up so late and getting home so late and then yep. seeing the Titans take care of the Jags. But I just it's the perspective of things because we have been shell shocked from 20, 21, and 22. And to have such a flip is just delicious. We're not focused on the draft yet. We don't know where the Texans are picking. Texans win this weekend. They might have a better way. They will have a better draft pick than the Cleveland Browns will. Or really the Cardinals will because they have the Cleveland Browns draft pick. Uh, It's just so wonderful that at least for one more week, you don't have to talk about any of that stuff. And you're certainly not going to have to talk about anything coaching-wise, head coaching-wise, because D'Amico has been mouth-to-mouth resuscitation for this franchise. But, uh, yeah, one more time. How delicious is this week right now? I, I'm i kind of at a loss for words in some sense, Drew. I mean, as you were going through those things, I mean, I you know, I put the prayer hands up like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've gone to three straight senior bowls, in right. which when I, I was at the senior bowl at two of them, at two of them, our coach was named, or there were rumors of our coach being named. Mm-hmm. Um, D'Amico was actually named the coach the Wednesday of the Senior Bowl, and I was in Mobile. I was in Mobile listening to Sports Radio 610 on the Odyssey app and listening to everybody break down the candidates and then hearing, okay, it's going to be David Cully as the head coach. The only year that I came back from the Senior Bowl, we still didn't have a coach, was uh, 2022. But I'm I, the Lovey Smith. The Lovey here. Smith huge. So I I I've chosen to stay down at Dauphin Island because um, we can kind of get away down there, and it's about a forty five minute drive. It's basically like a commute in Houston, so it's no bigger, but it's a forty five minute drive. But I like it. Kind of clear my head, but I go kind of you kind of go the back the back roads of Alabama. Mm-hmm. You go um, 
Uh, where was where was Forrest Gump from? Uh, Greenbow, Alabama. Yeah. Um, where was uh, where was Bubba from? By the battery. We drive. You got to drive through by the battery. Um, then to go through these Alabama towns. And so I'm driving through these small little Alabama towns. There's Dollar General. Um, there's our favorite like gas station plus grocery store uh, called Greer's. Um, and I'm listening to them talk about we're interviewing Josh McCown today. And then McLean would come on and he was like, oh, how crazy is this? And all these different things are happening. And then it comes to us, Lovey Smith. And that happened when I got back. But two to three years, a coach was named while I'm at the senior bowl. So I don't even get a chance to meet D'Amico until we get to Indianapolis, ironically, uh-huh. for the combine. That's the first time that I met D'Amico was in Indianapolis. When you, we never, did our, you never met him as a player? I never met him as a player. Oh, okay. All right. I, I never met that. him as a player. So Learn something new about you today. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, hopefully I've kind of you know made up time. But that's that sole fact. Kind of knew that for a while and figured and hoped that if it went well that you know, we wouldn't have to think about a GM hire or head coach hire for, for a while. And, and hopefully that's the case, but just to you, Drew, you just said it perfectly Did not have to, Hey, tell us about Ezra Evero. Hey, tell us about, um, you know, Josh McCown. Why, why do you think Josh McCown would be a good hire? Even though he's never coached and, and all that, all that, all that noise that went with it. It's like, it's like somebody just walked over. Well, actually, it was the McNair family walked over and just turned the dial down and just turned it all the way off and just said, we don't need that noise anymore. (laughs) And now all of a sudden you can build an organization going forward in the way that the McNair family would like, the way that Cal, Hannah, and uh, Cal's mother, uh, Janice, would like moving forward with positivity, with people that believe in each other, um, people that love each other, and a team that is going to be representative of, I think about this team a lot, Drew, that Bob would have loved this team. Oh, yeah, yeah. He would have loved this team. He would have loved everything about this team. And it's just been, I think, when he drew up what he wanted the Texans to be, this is the this is the team that he, he thought about. And the fact that D'Amico and Nick have as the phrase I like to use all year, we'll figure it out. They've figured things out, how to work together, how to get the right pieces in place, how to take pieces that you've got and make mm-hmm. them work better. Uh, it's been, an, it's been an incredible ride, but you know, the other thing is, you know, we're, we're doing in the lab talking about a game on Saturday when they're very, eight, a very winnable game teams at home. And I'm going to yeah. say this, I'm going to lob this one final verbal bomb at all the uh, draft uh, geeks and nerds and well you don't trade a future pick when it's going to be number two or number three in the draft what are you doing houston's so dumb nope we drafted elite talent at number two and at number three we drafted elite leaders at number two and number three and nick um and the personnel staff and Amico and the coaching staff came through with a draft that will always remember guys that contributed up and down the draft all the way throughout that made huge plays. Um, so all you, as you said, Drew, all you suckers that are like, well, hey, what are they doing? <laughs> well, we went on Saturday. Guess who's drafting in front of us, us drafting in front of every, and the Arizona Cardinals who have the pick. So sorry, Arizona. I kind of like Arizona. I'll be honest. I like what Jonathan Gannon's done. Um, I think he's done a really good job. I think Monty's done a good job bringing in some players that fit. Sure. They got young OC, good DC. So this really has nothing to do with Arizona. Arizona made a deal. They they would make 100 times out of 100. I, I'd make that deal if I'm Arizona. It's a good deal for Arizona. It just worked out that we got an elite talent in Will Anderson and an elite leader and an elite tone setter. And hopefully he's going to be as close to 100% as he can be for Saturday. I don't think he's going to be, but like he did up in India, I think he's going to try and give it a go and do what he can. Yeah, and you'll take that. You'll yep. take that over take over what what is behind him as a big boom goes on behind yeah. us. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later, but we got to do a what if I told you. What if I told you? Because oh, Texas boy, here we go. win in dramatic, as Scotty Pippen would say, not dramatic, not drastic, but dramatic fashion, 23 to 19. John, what if I told you the Texans were going to have, uh, we're going to allow a safety what if I told you, I told you that around seven o'clock, right before kickoff at seven fifteen the other night. Mm-hmm. What if I told you, hey John, 
You know how we haven't had a 100-yard rusher against us all season long? Well, um, our guy Jonathan Taylor is going to tote the rock 30 times for 188, and they're going to get 227 on the ground as a team. You wouldn't have felt too good, would you? I would not have. Yeah. I would not have. On top of that, John, Texans are going to also lose time of possession, which, hey, Mike Leach, if I'd asked him about time of possession. It's the stupidest stat, most meaningless stat there is. You know, I won't, I'd rather win the scoreboard than the time of possession. Anyways, <laughs> rest in peace, coach. Um, what if I'd have told you those three things? You, you you give up a safety, you allow 227 on the ground. 227 was also a fun sitcom on Saturday night on NBC back oh, yeah. in the 80s. Back 90s. in the day. Uh, and then you lose time of possession. Other than that, I'm kind of reaching for things that didn't go your way. But what if I'd have told you those things? What if I told you? I would have said that we would have flown home on locker clear out day on Sunday. Ugh. There would have absolutely been locker clear out day. I, I I mean, I would have been, wait, read that again. Safety, 227 rush. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But you countered it with a massively clutch drive in the fourth. A massive start. A ma- an incredible clutch, clutch start. start. You can be clutch an early. Incredible start. And then I felt like there was one, you know, I felt like in the first half, Drew, I know Taylor had 80 yards, I think. I think it was 80 yards in the first half. But I didn't feel like he was gashing us. I didn't feel like he was killing us. But you got them on third down. Yeah, you were stopping them on third down. Yeah, they were terrible on third down, which was great. I just felt like he wasn't really hurting the Texans in the first half. And I said as such. And then the third quarter, that's when I got worried because now he's getting chunks. Then he gets the long touchdown run. I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go. But there's a play with about two minutes left in the third quarter, and it was Khalil Davis knifing into the backfield and stopping Jonathan Taylor for a loss, probably about three or four yards. Yeah, that was a big play. And that, to me, was when it kind of flipped back the other way, where Taylor was not getting those chunks. He was getting two, three yards, but it was not he was not getting much after that. So it was like, and I, I likened it to a boxing match, uh, with D'Amico after the game, he liked that analogy, so I felt good with it. It was like the first four or five rounds, we were kind of in control. You know, we took a couple shots, but, man, we landed bombs. We landed that, yeah. like, Rocky Four bomb on Drago, like, bang, like, oh, the Russians cut, you know. We we landed that with a 75-yard bomb, um, and we controlled the next three, four rounds, and all of a sudden, round six, all of a sudden, boom, boom. it's like Drago woke up. He's like yeah. hammering, hammering, like, we can't catch our breath. 10 seconds left in the round and we're lucky to just hang on. But then all of a sudden we kind of find our second win and Khalil Davis kind of works himself out of the corner, bang, and hits back. And now all of a sudden you're like, okay. And now you're, now you're swapping, you know, punches for the next few rounds. And Matt Gay helped us with that 57 yard off the upright um, field goal. Mm-hmm. And Drew, I'm telling you, I'm standing on the upright. I'm watching that ball as it's coming <laughs> towards me. And about 10 yards away, that thing started bending right. Yeah. Like that thing was good. I was about to tell Mark, it's good. Like, damn it, he hit it. And then I see it start to leak a little bit. I'm like, oh boy, is that thing going in? And then I'm thinking it's going wide right. Like, oh, and then he hits the upright. It's like one of those things like, oh, damn it, it's good. Oh, no, he's going to be wide right. Oh, upright, bang. And then it was just all happening all at once. But then Texas went down and scored and kicked a field goal. That's when you started stopping them. You forced a field goal attempt. Mm-hmm. CJ got a couple runs in to get you a little closer and then Kaimi banged a 51 yarder. And now you're up 17, 14. You're like, look, the game's not over, but maybe we stop the bleeding. Now we can go into rounds 10, 11, 12. And now we're on equal footing and maybe we can knock them out. Maybe not, but let's just take care of our business and see if we can win these last couple rounds of the fight. And the Texans definitely did, man. It's great minds thinking alike because I can't, it was either Desmond King or Brevin Jordan. I, I was interviewing them in the locker room and I, I said, this was like you guys each landed haymakers throughout. You guys take the lead, yeah, and they, yeah. but they punched back and got their way. This is a, it might have been Desmond because he's like, yeah, that, that's a good team that we beat. Yeah, you know they they're a good bunch and absolutely props to them. It, it it did. It felt like a heavyweight fight, and it was so much fun. And now, the Browns. Oh, Here wait. we go. Here we go. And let's set the table and let's remind folks. Everyone knows C.J. Stroud didn't play in the first one. Will Anderson did not play in the first one. Jonathan Grenard played three snaps in the right. first one. So right. your two best pass rushers were not on the field and things were tough. Also, Derek Barnett, if he was playing, he was still just kind of settling in. Correct. 
And Derek Barnett has been whipping all sorts of you know what yep. over the last month. Absolutely. He, Grenard, and two other just killers from around the NFL. I can't remember who the other two are, but they're atop that PFF rankings list. And yes, PFF doesn't always get it right, but a lot of times they do. And right. I think in that case, they got it right. He's been having a fun time. Blake Cashman's back. He's playing. He was out against the Browns. Yep. So there's lots of help back on the way. And I don't see Amari Cooper having the game he had here. I think that he's going to get his, but he's not going to get it like that. Right. You hope. Yeah. So with all these things in mind, with a Saturday afternoon playoff game here, who on Sunday are we going to be talking about this was our cream of the crop award winner, John. Who's going to have a day for the Texans? The cream of the crop. Now, I'm going to pick a guy, and part of this is emotional. Okay. Part of this is I desperately want this to happen. Mm-hmm. Part of it is retribution. Okay. And that man's name is Jalen Petrie. All right. I like. Against the Browns, when Amari Cooper has that 75-yard touchdown, the presumed thought was that Jalen was supposed to help on Amari Cooper on that play and double cover him and didn't blew the coverage and Cooper scores and that gave them a 22-7 lead at half and, you know, frustration from that point forward. So Jalen didn't play a lot in that game. He only played like 18 or 19 plays. Over the next couple of weeks, I've seen a different Jalen Petrie. It composed under control, yet like a controlled aggression. He had a great TFL in the fourth quarter, I think. I think it was fourth quarter on Taylor. That was, I mean, it just it was perfect. He got in position. He didn't He didn't dive and just dirt dive, try to take out knees. He, he went to wrap up Taylor at the knees, got him down for like a one or two yard loss. I think Jalen Petrie can be a big, big figure. Now, he's going to have to cover Njoku. Um at certain times, he's going to have to maybe cover Harrison Bryant at times. Maybe he's going to have to cover slot receivers at times. Um, and I know he did get the illegal contact the other the other night. Mm, tough one. But those are the things that he's going to have to do. He's going to have a lot on his plate again. But I feel like the way that he's played the last couple of games, I feel like this is that opportunity to just settle in and play. And he's going to have to remind himself. And and I'll give you this kind of quick personal story. When I was a, I was a junior high school player, and we played a team called Brazosport, and they had the Pirates. The, yeah, six nine. Is that Brazos Wood? No, Brazos. I might have got no Brazosport was the Pirates. You're right. right. Brazos Wood was something else. I can't remember what they were. Anyways, um, I had I had lit them up in the first game. We go down there to win the district. I went one for nine, and I'm just, I'm pressing. I can't find a bucket. I'm just everything. I just it's going horribly that night for me. We end up losing the game by two. If I make two buckets. If I go three for nine, we win the game mm. and win the district. Anyways, we get a upset win. Like after that game, I'm just like, oh, I was pressing so hard. My dad was just like, look, you got to relax. You got to relax and play. So we had one more game to play this season, played it. We won it. And because Bradsport lost, we met them in a, in a playoff game. Mm. And in that game, I just relaxed. I just was like, I got to, I got to relax. I got to make shots. If I don't have it, I got to give it up to somebody with a better shot. And I ended up kind of finding myself. So we then played Brazosport in a playoff game. It's a win and in situation. And I'm just like, I can't force it. Just relax. Got to play. But I want retribution. And the second quarter, I went six for six. I scored all my points in the second quarter and kind of turned the game. And all just because, just relax, you know, but. I did want that revenge, but getting revenge sometimes is like the worst thing you could want because you start stressing and pre- the best thing you can do is just relax. Mm-hmm. You know what they're going to do and just play. Yeah. And hopefully that's what he ends up doing. I like that. I like that Jalen Petrie. Sorry for that long story, dude. No, Sorry. I like long stories. That's what this Sorry. podcast is for. Right. And before we move on to my choice, I just want folks to hear this so much fun answer that I that Petrie gave me in the locker room with cigar <laughs> yeah. smoke wafting around. I said, how are you going to celebrate on the plane? And I'm sure I sounded like Walter Cronkite, but, you know, dorky Walter Cronkite. And Adrian Amos, the safety, is right next to him as well. Yeah. And he kind of chimes in on this. But this is my Q&A, last Q&A with Petrie, talking about the plane ride home and what's going to happen. This is going to be the most fun plane ride ever. 
Oh, for sure. We finna be lit. You know, we gonna have some good food, some good apple juice with some cranberry juice, all that. Like, we finna be lit. Some Sprite. Some Sprite. Like, you know what I'm saying? We going soda tonight. Like, we not playing with it. Ain't no water or no good light. Gatorade, Gator light. It's soda tonight. Jalen Peachy, congrats on the victory. Appreciate you, man. All right. <laughs> There's probably some jokes in there that I that went straight over my head, but nonetheless, I loved it. I thought it was fun, and that's awesome, and I I know that was a fun plane ride home. Yeah. Deservedly so for Jalen Petrie. Love your choice for him. I have gone on record a few different times saying this year feels a lot like 2011. Many similarities. Mm-hmm. One similarity that I'm going to apply to this one, I could see a breakout a la J.J. Watt's pick six, a breakout performance, I'm going to go two, from either, or maybe both, Will Anderson Jr. or, and or, Derek Stingley Jr. I could see one of them having, like, two picks, two stacks, a forced fumble, a pick, something like that. I could see them having a day and really opening eyes and reminding and making folks remember yeah, those guys are the third overall pick for a really damned yep. good reason. So I'm going to go with one of them. That's There's nothing, I don't know, matchup-wise. that I'm, I am I just have a gut. Yep. Like, one of them is going to erupt and make his mark. So, yeah, I, who I like knows? I, I, yeah, I, there's, it's funny because there's no I almost, rhyme or reason to it, but I just kind of have that feeling. I almost picked Stingley. I almost picked Stingley. He's going to be called. I mean, he's... yeah. And he doesn't trail a guy the whole they don't just say, hey, go go trail uh Cooper. But he's gonna get his shots at Cooper from time to time. And that's not something that I think if you ask Sting, he'd do it. Yeah. And he would love to do it. It's just not something that it's not the defense. It's not in the defense. D'Amico's not done that. I do think there are ways. NFL defenses aren't that way either. Correct. Correct. Um and you know, based on how, you know, different the defense works. You know, I, I think back to the Jets with Darrell Revis. The the reason Revis went all over the place was Rex Ryan was playing cover one the entire time, man to man, the whole yeah. entire time. So it's like, okay, the Texas don't play man to man a lot. So those secondary players have got to work in concert with one another. And if Stingley is going to where Cooper is and say Cooper goes in the slot, well, that could mess up kind of the zone coverage they're playing. So there's a lot of things that go into it. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a way that you can handle that. Um, depending on where Cooper lines up. If Cooper goes to Stingley's side, okay, let Sting have him one-on-one and then roll your coverage the other way. If Sting goes to Nelson's side and you feel like Steven needs some help, roll some help that way and give him help when Cooper's on that side, let Sting handle the other side by himself. So uh, it's a lonely island to be on um, for Sting, but that might be what he's got to do um, against his team. And I, I, it, I was so close to saying Stingley, and I thought about Petrie, and I was like, you know what? I think retribution for him mm. would be really, really sweet. And I think they need it, considering no Jimmy Ward, no Eric Murray, well, no yeah. um, MJ Stewart. They're down so many safeties, but DAC has played well. Kareem's played well. And here's the other thing I'll say, one, one final thing. I would love to see early in this game, Drew, I would love to see Kareem – I'd love to see Kareem Jackson just pop somebody good. Just pop them. Yeah. Uh, whether the ball comes out or not, but just to let them know, hey, y'all ain't gonna be floating around in the secondary all day. And if you do, I'm back here. Yeah. And you're about to get hit. And just that little bit of hesitation that it can cause uh can create some problems. So um, you know, Drew, I'm just really excited. I, I don't want to say we're playing with house money. I don't I don't want to kind of take that. Um, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. We kind of are playing with house money, man. We're three and three, thirteen and one last year. Like Mm -hmm. the hell, look at us now. Um, so there are 18 teams watching, including the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hi, guys. Uh, don't forget our friends, the Colts and the Titans, too. Oh, hi, guys. Yeah, smell you later. See you at the combine, John. This was fun. Yeah, man. We'll do it again very soon, hopefully. Well, we will, no matter what. We'll do it again next week, but anyhow, let's do it again next week with a win. Cool, cool, cool. Bye. Cool stuff from John, and now it's time to talk with one of my favorite Texans, Jerry Hughes. He's a Houstonian. He's from this area. He came back. It's his second season with the team. He's a leader in every single sense of the word. He entered the the NFL the same year as Kareem Jackson, the same year as John Weeks. So it's really cool talking to a guy with his level of experience, his connection to the town, and a whole lot more. Without further ado, my one-on-one with Jerry 
Jerry Hughes, you're stuck in a 10 foot by 10 foot room and it's filled with food. You've got to eat your way out of it, but what's the food you're going to choose to eat your way out with? Oh my God, favorite food is probably going to be Skittles. Skittles. The rainbows, yeah. you got a nice little fun flavor for each different bite. Hey, speaking of Skittles, weren't you happy a few years back when they changed the green flavor back to lime from what it, whatever it was? It was like apple before? Uh, yeah. I mean, I was kind of getting used to the apple flavor. You know, I mean, it's been there for a while. Yeah. You might as well. I was going to say I secretly might have actually tried a couple apples in, in between, you know, you know. So you were more of an apple fan. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. we eat apples now. Green, Granny Smith's. Don't ask me to name any more apples. There's <laughs> <laughs> Fuji, there's Banquet, oh, there's Red Delicious. We can go on and on. That's like a question in itself I should bring up Man, next week. That, yeah. That'd be a good one. See how many apples people know. Yeah, that's a good one. I've seen, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Which would you rather? You can be the fastest person in the world running. Okay. But you have offensive bad breath. Or... You can fly, but you have no sense of taste or smell. Dude, these are some good ones. I gotta go with flying. Yeah. Just because the offensive bad breath, that's a deal breaker, I feel like for anyone. I feel like we all get up so early in the morning to make sure we don't have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> How do you combat bad breath? I was gonna say, I mean, <laughs> chewing gum, spearmint, you know, a yep. lot of Listerine, but you can't carry that stuff around anymore. You know, we used to have the binaca back in the day. Oh, yeah. Ah, Show mm -hmm. my age right there. No, hey, I'm with you. Okay, yeah. there you, we go. That's what you're, in the, you're speaking to the right room. clientele here. All right, perfect, perfect. <laughs> in the locker room, I'm always showing my age, so I always get reminded. Man, it's it's funny you bring that up because so, I, don't, I don't remember who it was, but it was somebody younger talking about the, the blue uniforms that the Oilers were wearing, and they yeah. said, yeah, Jerry's the only one that remembers that. <laughs> you were well, that, they were well gone before you'd gotten into the league, but you no. remember growing that up in Houston. Yeah, so, yeah, I remember being a, a Houstonian. We used to watch those guys. I remember wh where we were, watching them beat the Buffalo Bills when they made that first move to uh, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I had the old school starter set up, sure. warm moon, fresh out the box, throw the... Little helmet on and everything. I was dressed in the nines back in the day, man. Little eight-year-old me, you couldn't tell me anything. Couldn't tell you anything. No. Hey, as a pass rusher, you've seen the stuff of, of Warren Moon over the years. Yeah. Has your appreciation for him only grown? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just not only how long he was able to play, but just to stay healthy. I mean, you yeah. got big, nasty guys like myself coming at you, trying to take the ball away, trying to hit you as hard as possible just because we hadn't seen you all day. You know, just want to be nice and introduce ourselves. But, <laughs> I mean, for any quarterback who can play that well and deal with that kind of punishment and be successful for those many years, man, I got to tip my hat to you because that's a gladiator sport right there. Yeah, and the rules protecting quarterbacks, right. not as generous back then as, as maybe they are today. Most overused emoji is what? For me or just a in general? Oh my goodness, probably the most overlooked emoji would be the one with the hands over the eyes. <laughs> I still don't know what that means. I don't know if you're laughing or if we're laughing together or right. are we embarrassed together? I have a lot of questions about that emoji. That's a good one. I mean, there's, there's, there's just so much going on with that one picture right there. Who sends you that the most? Oh my God, uh, it would probably be not only my wife, but probably the guys on the team, D-line guys. Okay. Normally I'll say something and it's just right after that. I'll get that emoji. I'm like, wait, so was that good? Am I in the, am I in the clear? I, like I said, you, you, you got to follow up with an emoji. You just can't leave it out there. It's not a hieroglyphic. Have right? you brought this up with them? Like, what's this mean, guys? Absolutely, or? all the time. And I what know. do they say? They just say the emojis mean what they mean. Oh, man, they're keeping it from you. That's what I said. Yeah. What does that mean? And right? for the record, I don't know what it means either, okay. so I'm not, I'm not in on this I'm not either. the only one in that boat. No, know? no, no, I'm no. good. Wild animal-wise, or train animal wise mm. you can have any animal in the world as a pet it's never going to go crazy it's going to be fine it's not going to hurt anybody what are you going to choose a bear what type oh man i want one of those big brown bears yeah yeah just walking on a chain sitting next to me i mean because you always see him i don't want anything to sneak up on you where right. you don't know it's there i want the big old bear that can stand on his two legs yep big old bear hug when you see him oh yeah and then you have fun yeah, you yeah, don't have to I worry mean, about anything bad happening. No, I mean, nothing can take down the bear, like nothing. they say. Nothing. Do you got any pets of your own right now? I got two dogs. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a dog guy, so I got two German Shepherds, two uh -huh. girls. So, yeah, I'm always messing with them. Love dogs. I mean, they're so sure. friendly. Man's best friends for a reason, right? Of course. So, yeah. But, I mean, other than, that, other than that, any other animal I would leave, I would love to have a bear. And German Shepherds are kind of bearish, you know, like in appearance. I mean, I've never been that close to a bear, but I feel like you're right. In, in the appearance, hopefully with the behavior, you know, mm -hmm. always want to be around you maybe they love to protect us and i'm no dog ex i mean i've got two dogs too yeah. but from what i have encountered seeing them out in the the workforce with you know the police and, and all that stuff german shepherds are like some of the smartest too they, they smart. do calculus and chores and stuff oh my right? gosh yeah. like i think i've haven't trained my dog at all and they never leave my side and i'm like man thank you guys
Good make dogs. Yeah, I was going to say, they love the kids, so they make it easy for us. There you go. Now, do they snuggle on the couch or you keep them on the ground? Keep or them what? on the ground. Yeah, yeah I, I can't do the dog. You're a responsible dog yeah. owner because my little dogs, uh, they're the also German dogs, but they're, okay. they're dachshunds. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, nice they hang on the couch. First thing you do when your eyes open in the morning when you wake up. <laughs> I get an alert to order Starbucks. So, <laughs> you need it, huh? Yeah, I was What's say, the order? Uh, a, ve a venti pe uh, peppermint mocha. <laughs> you got to get venti, but peppermint it is. mocha, huh? It is. It's a long drive in. It's about a 45-minute commute, so it kind of helps me kind of wake up there. Oh. Peppermint mocha, you got to ask my wife. She kind of introduced that drink to me a couple of years back, and it has yet to change. And it's stuck. That's a good it's thing. Stuck. Yeah. It's stuck. And, like, it's crazy because I open my eyes, and there's a... It's almost like Siri knows me. So mm -hmm. I, eyes open, phone lights up, and it's like, you want to place an order? And sometimes I'm like, no, but since you ask, you know. And it all comes back to the good breath thing, Absolutely. the peppermint fighting go. the coffee breath. There yeah, you see? I like it. So I'm, what's going on on this 45-minute commit commute? Are you talking to people? Are you listening? Combo of both. What's going on? Oh, man, it's a combination of between uh, podcast listening, mm -hmm. every now and then a little NPR news, and then just music. Okay. You know, just depending on, on today. Today was a throwback. Even though it's not Thursday, it's Thursday for the week. It feels week. like it because exactly. the game is on a Saturday exactly. instead of a Sunday. Yes. So throwback Thursday, so I'm hitting some of the oldies. I mean, some Monica, 3LW, might throw in some Fat Pad. I mean, just whatever's on that playlist. And we're just, man, it's, it's a blast from the past. You mm -hmm. know, we, we all have been listening to so much music. You get you get it so much throughout the year. Anytime you can go back to the 2001s, you know, the 99s, the late 90s, psh, let it's it good roll. Stuff. It is. It good is. stuff. Make I'm never going to pretend to pass myself off as a fat pad expert, but tops drop. Yes. We play that in between innings at my son's baseball game. Oh, so. I love that. And the hits always follow after. I mean, yeah. how could they not? The kids know the truth. Yeah. They tops know an H-Town legend when they hear it. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> okay. Favorite place you've ever visited is what or where? Gosh, you know, I don't travel much, so I'm going to throw out Fiji. Probably the favorite place I've ever visited. It was an island, so of course you can have so much fun on an island. When you're yeah. on island time, I really got to understand the meaning of that. Mm -hmm. Waking up, enjoying a little mimosa with breakfast, with a little Corona, with break or with lunch. You can do it with breakfast when you're on vacation. I was going to say. I mean, the way they say it's five o'clock somewhere. That's right. so I was going to say. <laughs> island time was incredible, man. It was it was great just to kind of get out of the U.S., not worry about anything, but just watching the sun rise and set. That was about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Favorite nickname is what? Oh, man. Because you have a few, don't you? I, you know what? Everyone says I have a few. I, I don't know if, if I do. I've, I've heard some of the guys call me Gary from back in the day. <laughs> I know I'm a college guy. Is that just a mess with you? I think so. Okay, yeah. Like a little play on Jerry. Right. But instead of being Jerry on the field, you turn to Gary. I know the college guys would call me Hulk or something like that. Just, I guess I just flipped that switch. I think that yeah. might be the biggest thing for people is the, the, the off-field demeanor yeah. versus on the field. They don't see a correlation between the two guys, but I'm like, you can't be the same person on and off. You got to be able to let your hair down somewhere. You unquestionably can't. I mean, yeah. we, sitting in your seat last week was Christian Harris, and he said, yeah, a lot of people call me angry man. He's like, I don't think I'm an angry man. I was yeah. like, yeah, we're having a nice conversation here, but <laughs> when you're on the field, you got to be you got to be some angry. You know? got to be. I mean, you're, you're there for, what, 60 minutes? You get to have fun knocking people's heads around. So, I mean, if that doesn't allow you to kind of just let your hair down and be yourself, I mean, I don't know what else does, especially with this great game. In 2024, I would like to... Do new things. We talked about this uh, the other day. Yeah, I want to do new things, travel more, try new restaurants here in yeah. the city. We're always opening up good foods, and I'm constantly looking to find some places to go just to see what the what we got. We always yeah. got something new. The foods here is always great. So that, that's it for me. Try new foods, see new things, do new things. You will never run out of phenomenal places to eat in this town. And that's what I love. That's yeah. what I love, and I can't wait. Can't wait, Jerry. Right. Great new things on the way for you, Jerry Hughes. We always appreciate the time. It's always good to be with you, my friend. Dude, thanks for having me, man. Always. Jerry Hughes, one of my favorite Texans, one of yours as well. Appreciate his time. And we also appreciate Max Loeb. He's a Cleveland Browns podcaster. He hosts The Dog Check on the Believe Podcast Network. He does that with former Beat of Mercury, the slippery Eric Metcalf, who played for the Longhorns and then played in the NFL, notably with the Browns and a lot of other teams as well. But here is my conversation with Max about the playoff matchup between the Browns and the Texans. Having a fun time with Max Loeb. He is the host of The Dog Check. It is a podcast all about the Cleveland Browns on the Believe Podcast Network. He does that with former Cleveland Brown Eric Metcalf, as well as 
former Longhorn Eric Metcalf. Metcalf. He was awesome back in the day. Max is awesome currently. And Max, we did this just before Christmas. (laughs) Browns came to town and basically smoked the Texans. But many, many differences this Saturday, right? Very, yeah, it's it's an extremely different matchup. Like we talked about very briefly, like it's not two different teams. Like that wouldn't be doing justice to the players who played last time, but you're getting multiple starters back on both sides. So it's yeah, as different as it can be for sure. No doubt. You know, let's, let's start with the Cleveland aspect of things because we know about CJ Stroud returning and so on and so forth. And we'll get to that in a moment, but we're shooting this, you and I, on a Wednesday morning around 10 a.m. And the news came out today safety grant delpit has been cleared to practice now they haven't said he's going to play but most likely he's probably going to be out there he's a guy that a lot of people around here are familiar with he's from this area heck he played on a select team in junior high with texan safety jalen petrie what does grant delpit's possible return mean for this defense which is already a really salty unit it it means a lot and i just think back to the beginning of the season when the secondary was playing their best it's so vanilla to say but those five the five starters because they technically they roll out in nickel personnel with Greg sure. Newsom out there a lot but the five starters the three corners both safeties like all five of those guys haven't been on the field I think since October so it's it's really really cool to think back as to how good the secondary was to start the year and now you're getting all of those guys at least somewhat healthy on the field together it's huge. And I think Grant Delbert's been having an amazing year from when he was healthy. And I think it's a big name that's coming back. But to be honest with you, if he's not 100%, I really have liked the way the Browns' backup safety, Ronnie Hickman, has been playing. He was a guy that Eric and I highlighted in the preseason as somebody who could play meaningful snaps in a sub-package type role. Now mm-hmm. he's thrust into the real thing, and he's been playing really, really well. So even if Delpit can't play full snaps, if he can't play at all, I trust the safety depth there and having Juan Thornhill back who they've had back for a couple weeks now. That's huge too. It's a guy that's, that's bolstered that back end a ton. And now they're getting Obo Okoronkwo back who I'm sure you all know very, very well. He he's a huge aspect, not in every down guy, but the third downs, he is out there every time. And it's a big impact to have him because he can win a one-on-one. You can't go double team Miles Garrett because you'll leave him and Zadarius Smith opens things up for everybody else. Like that's a huge impact uh, addition as well. Max Loeb of the Dog Check podcast with us. You just hurt my heart there a little bit talking about uh, Oboe. He was a good Houston Texan last year on a pretty bad team. He really came on month of December and and started showing why the Browns went after him and why they they spent the way they did on him. That's uh, that's that's three pretty solid names there in you know, Oboe and Thornhill. And then, like I mentioned off the top in Delpit, what do you think about this, the rest of this team, as far as it's constructed and how much different it is than the one we saw on Christmas Eve day? To be honest with you, I don't think it's all that different. I think the biggest difference with the offense and Joe Flacco, like even if it was an extra week or two, you just see Flacco starting to settle down a little bit more. He's been having better performances as time has gone on, but it's interesting. Like Amari Cooper did not play against the Jets. Like he's been performing without some of his top weapons like you could see he's very very comfortable in that offense which coming in that was the biggest thing for me I mean really the only game he lost was the first game against the Rams so he's looking more comfortable as time has gone on the team is all not all that different to be honest with you offensively the only thing that's a little bit different or could be different is the running back depth because Pierre Strong picked up an injury this past week but even then it's not one of your top two guys defensively very much the same a lot of the same guys are playing and now they're getting some starters back which is huge yeah how big do you think this last week was getting those guys some rest you'd never really hear excuses like oh they were rusty but you know what do you think about that that idea that they got some time off they got some chances to heal and now they're a little bit more at full strength it's all well and good until you look at one who comes out there on saturday because the reality is you have that extra week your kicker, Dustin Hopkins, still is not going to play. So that extra week, at least for him, didn't matter as much in that sense. But you have to come out and start fast. And that was the biggest key that Eric and I talked about, too, because you have a week off where the vast majority of your starters don't play. You can't roll into a game, especially on the road against a team that can put up points slow. You can't come out slow. You have to go, especially offensively, set the tone, put some points, keep the crowd a little bit more quiet. That has to be the main thing for the Browns. So honestly, thinking back to the game before Christmas, 
I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a shot the first couple of plays, just like we saw then. Like, I think the Browns are going to look downfield early. And if I'm the Browns, I, I am trying to punch them in the mouth as soon as I can. Yeah, it worked well last time. Worked for the Texans on Saturday night in Indianapolis. They yes. basically did the same thing. They, they get that touchdown, Stroud and Nico Collins. So you're in that area. You know a little bit about C.J. Stroud because he's an Ohio State Buckeye, but you've also have not been any stranger to the successes he's gone through this season. How much does he change the complexion of things from the Browns and Browns fans' standpoint? I know y'all are a confident bunch, but that was a different unit seeing Case Keenum and a little bit of Dave Smills. What's the difference now in y'all's eyes with Stroud well, under center? I, I can speak through for myself as well as the Browns fandom. Browns fandom, I know for a fact, the last AFC South team we wanted to play coming in this week was the Texans. I think anybody who doesn't says that wasn't the case to you is lying. Like nobody wants to play the Texans one, because they play good defense. Like they have a defensive front that can stop the run that can force you into uncomfortable positions, but two, because of CJ Stroud and it's a quarterback. The Browns really haven't seen the caliber, the caliber of much this year. And when they have, they've struggled at least defensively. And I think the ability for the Texans to stretch the field, which is what I think they're best at offensively, the, the ability to stretch the field downfield, against an aggressive defensive back unit, not only could result in big catches, but big pass interferences. And I think a guy like Nico Collins, who's six, four runs like the win athletic mismatch is going to draw a lot of attention from a guy like Martin Emerson and Emerson is, you know, it's hit or miss with him. He can go make an incredible play on the ball. He is also very early. A lot of times draws pay receivers, draw pass interferences. So that ability to stretch the ball downfield is more prevalent with C.J. Stroud. I also think just managing a game, the Texans in general, you are more confident with a guy like C.J. Stroud in. And you could see the plays he makes off script. You could see how confident the offensive line is, the running backs. Like, everybody rallies around that guy. And I think that's what you need in a franchise quarterback, but especially in a game like this, which, you know, people will say this is his first playoff game. Last week was a playoff game, basically. So this is just technically his first playoff game, really a second. But he he's no stranger to big games playing at Ohio state college football playoff, all that stuff. So having a, a guy who's honestly been in a couple big games before, rather than a, a backup who's sat behind CJ Stroud all year is enormous. Let's take CJ Stroud's name out of the equation. Who do you see offense defense as the biggest challenge and the biggest guy who kind of not takes your breath away, but, gives you a little bit of pause and makes you kind of worry some about, about what's going to happen on Saturday afternoon. Oh, Will Anderson, for sure. It is no brainer. Will Anderson. Cause he didn't play last time, first of all, but second of all, the weakest unit for the Browns right now is their offensive line, especially their tackles. And honestly, when the Browns have been outmanned, like against guys like TJ Watt against guys like Montez sweat, they've done a really, really good job of, keeping extra guys in or using a tight end or running back to chip. Like they've done a really good job of slowing those guys down, but elite pass rusher against the backup offensive line scares me every time. And it should, because that's a guy who can wreck a game. And if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I'm coming into this game, knowing we can win this game. We just have to control the football and take care of the football. That is the biggest hindrance in the Browns operating, at least offensively in that sense, because Will Anderson, like I said, record game, multiple sacks, forced fumble, like he can do all of that. And the Browns haven't seen him yet this year, which is the scariest part. Yeah, Max Loeb is a podcaster, hosts the Dog Check on the Believe Podcast Network, along with Eric Metcalf, the receiver, running back, return man extraordinaire from the old days in the 1990s. Let's kind of revisit that. Kevin Stavansky done a fantastic job this year. What, though, advantage do the Texans have in that they didn't have C.J. Stroud out there last time and, and Will Anderson, and for the bulk of the game, Jonathan Grenard? The Browns have not seen on film a lot of stuff of the Texans, whereas the Texans, quarterback-wise, they know about Joe Flacco. How much of an advantage is that? How much does that not really matter because of the talent that is on the Browns' defense? What do you make of that idea of they've not seen this, so there's X amount of advantage? I think it's probably more of an advantage defensively for the Texans than it is offensively for the Texans because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, the Browns have played some dynamic quarterbacks, and honestly, they haven't done a great job in terms of keeping points off the board, but when you look at their performances against guys like Lamar Jackson, like – they did enough to limit his explosive plays guys like Brock Purdy. Like they did enough 
to limit his explosive plays. So as much as I want to say they're good against these elite quarterbacks, they still put up points, but they definitely have uh, limited their explosive plays. I think that's the biggest thing defensively for the Browns. So not seeing film on CJ Stroud in that regard, obviously it's an advantage for the Texans in that sense, but I don't think it's as big of an advantage uh, as when you look at the other side of the ball, especially because you talked about it. They, They didn't have Will Anderson at all. Blake Cashman is another guy that sticks out to me because he pops on film, but he's great against the run. And I think so much of what the Browns want to do offensively, obviously it wasn't the case when they played the Texans uh, a few weeks ago. So much of what the Browns want to do offensively with Flacco uh, goes through David Njoku. And I think it is a a matchup that the Browns will like in in Njoku against Cashman, but it's definitely a tougher matchup than what they saw last time around. So that's another one for me where you don't know how they're going to play David Njoku with their starting linebacker. You don't know what they're going to do with Will Anderson in terms of pass rush. And you don't know if it's going to change how much they blitz. They try to get more one-on-ones. Like, I think it's a bigger schematic advantage in terms of the Texans defense than it is Texans offense, not having CJ Stroud, but both are in like inherent advantages for sure. Max Loeb, I asked you this last time. I'm going to ask you this again. How the hell do you win 11 football games by going minus nine in turnover differential? It's, I mean, it's astounding. That's what the Browns did this year. The Texans were plus 10 uh, on the year, which is really, really good, but yeah. they don't even have, they don't have the same amount of wins. How, how did this happen? It's amazing. I think, well, one, I think it's coaching. I think Kevin's fancy has done an unbelievable job. I, I wanted the Browns to win this past week so bad because it would have been the first, I think the first time ever a team would have won 12 games with five different starting quarterbacks. Like yeah. he's, been thrown to the wolves in terms of the most important position on the field, lost his best player in Nick Chubb. Like what's the fancy has done is incredible. But I also just think people, you know, you look at the Browns, you look at the scores of these games and the past few weeks, like it's been moderately high scoring on the opponent's end. You've got to got to look at how teams score like that bears game touchdown because of a pick six touchdown because of a ball return to the one this defense is incredible incredible first i believe first in the nfl in yards per game first in the nfl in yards per play first in the nfl in first downs like this defense is suffocating and the reality is teams struggle to move the ball on them and sometimes it's the browns doing it to themselves giving opponents the ball you know in, in plus territory or in the red zone and that was a huge huge issue at the start of the year it's gotten better as time has gone on it was a huge issue at the start of the year. Like, it's why they lost the Steelers game at the beginning of the year. They gave up 14 points, or the offense let the Steelers defense score 14 points. Like, you can't win a game like that. So, it's been a huge issue at the beginning of the year. It's gotten better as time's gone on. But Flacco, as much as Browns fans love him, as much as he loves to sling the football, he'll put it in harm's way. Like, he'll give you one for sure. And I think the only turnover-free game the Browns have had this year was at home against the Arizona Cardinals when they were starting Clayton too. So like you got to take care of the football. The reason they're sitting in 11 wins with the minus nine turnover differential, I think is coaching, but it's also just because of the defense. Like you turn the ball over defense, will get a stop for you. Defense will embrace whatever adversity is in front of them, embrace the situation that they're put in. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes it's holding them to three instead of seven, like stuff like that is huge. And this defense has been unbelievable with it. Well, he threw a pair of picks last time in Houston, but they're both basically arm punts. One was in the end zone. Yeah. He was just taking a shot, you know, as, as time expired, it really didn't count. And then the other one, the defense, like you said, responded. Texans had, had caught it deep in there. I think it was in the red zone and, and the defense yeah. stepped up and kept them from doing anything with it. So no harm, no foul really in all that yeah. uh, regard. All right, let's wrap this up. Max Loeb. What do you see happening? I'm not saying predict, but what do you see happening? If the, if the Browns are to win, this must occur. It's tough. I think it's a couple things. One, I think, like I said, I think it's limiting explosive plays on the Texan side uh, offensively. Like if the Browns defense can't avoid CJ Stroud throwing the ball over the top, they're going to be okay. If they can keep everything in front of them, I think they're going to be okay. I also think defensively it comes down to stopping the run because there were a couple plays last time they played where Devin Singletary had a 10, 15 yard run. When you look at the box score, like it wasn't anything crazy. It was because the other runs were two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like there were explosive runs there for sure. So if you can cut the head off that snake for CJ Stroud in the third and longs and just let your pass rushers go get them. Now you have Garrett Smith and Obo Okoronkwo. I love the Browns chances defensively. Offensively, it's going to come down to taking care of the football. We talk about it every week. We haven't seen a turnover free game since Arizona. So I'm going to keep saying it until we do see it. 
but it's taking care of the football. And it's again, it's just taking care or taking advantage of the matchups you have. The Browns obviously loved what they had on the outside with Amari Cooper last game, continuing to do that. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see because Cedric Tillman uh, was mispracticed yesterday with a concussion. You don't know if he's going to go. So that's another one you got to keep a close eye on. If they don't have that threat on the outside, can guys like Elijah Moore, David Bell step up? And obviously they're going to feed the ball to Najoku. And I think staying ahead of the chains is big for the Browns too, because Again, backup offensive line against guys like Will Anderson. You don't want the same situation you want to put the Texans in where you're dropping back on third and long. They're getting after the quarterback. If that happens, I think the Browns are in trouble, to be honest with you. So staying ahead of the chains, efficiently running the ball. You don't have to run a ton. I know Texas defense is good uh, against the run, but you don't have to run a ton. Just efficiently do it. And honestly, one thing I've been saying on to everybody I've talked to, I think this game's going to be a shootout. As much as I love the Browns defense, I think the Texans are as good as them through the air. I think they know they have some matchups there that they like, and I think the Browns will be able to move the ball through the air. So, like, I think this is a moderately high-scoring game, to be honest with you. It's going to be fun. Max Loeb, it was awesome talking with you. Make sure you listen to Max on the Dog Check. It's a Browns podcast. He's going to have fun stuff this week with Eric Metcalf. It's on the Believe Podcast Network. Max, can't believe we just did this a few weeks ago. It's great to do it with you again, and uh, it's been a fun, fun season. Yes, it has. Thank you for having me on again. Like I said, thought we were on a collision course. Didn't know if it'd be the Texans, but I'm (laughs) glad it is. All right, Max Loeb, thank you for the time. All right, that's cool stuff from Max Loeb. Thank you, Max, for the time. And thank you for checking this out. I know you got a lot of options and you got a lot of things you could be doing, but thank you for spending your time with me and with John and with Jerry and with Max. And please remember to subscribe to this podcast. Remember while you're there to go give it five stars. Comment on how much you love it. Maybe chime in on Twitter at Doherty Drew, and let me know what you think. This is going to be a fun one. Texans and Browns, it's the playoffs, it's special. Just think back to where we all were one year ago at this time. Things were a little bit darker, but it's sunny here in Houston. All right, this is In the Lab. Thank you for listening.